And joining me now is my friend Jayla Sanchez-Warren, who runs the Area Agency on Aging with Dr. Cog, the Denver Regional Council of Government. And we're going to talk about what's happening now in the state of Colorado. She's talked to the governor. She deals with seniors and caregivers, which might be you. And I know with everything going on, you've been extremely busy. And I believe he said you just talked to the governor. You guys are like close personal friends or something. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I was on a call with the governor, and uh, the governor's office has been really great about bringing together um, community service providers and people that, that are interested in aging issues and, and, and hearing from us and as well as uh, giving us updates. So every couple of weeks or so, we have a, a meeting with the governor, and we get good information, and, and we had one yesterday and uh, got some really good information. The good news is that um, hospitalizations are declining. The concerning decline is slowing, right? Um, And we'd like to see it continuing to decline, but it's slowed between May 19th and May 27th. So everybody's kind of watching that and wondering, you know, if that's going to have significance or not. Um, Is that that as a result of the opening process we're slowly going through here in Colorado? Um, I, I don't, nobody said that it was, I, I think there's a lot of factors that might be contributing, right? Nobody really talked about um, that this is the absolute reason why this is happening. But social distancing is, is a big part of keeping this virus at bay. And the less that we social distance, the more likely that we'll see um, uh, rates go up. And so it is a concern. Um, that, you know, everybody's watching it to make sure that we're not, that the, the rates are not increasing super fast. So they're, wow. they're tracking it. You, you wouldn't believe, it. I mean, they have, you know, they have the capacity of, of ICU beds, um, and they watch the numbers and they they watch them very closely. And, and it's, it's comforting to know that there's so many docs and epidemiologists and, um, uh, professional watching all of this uh, so that they can make good decisions about the kind of um, restrictions they put in place or the recommendations they put in place and when to phase certain, uh, uh, you know, relax certain policies and procedures. And it seems it's still the same that it's been since day one, social distancing, wearing a mask, wash your hands all the time, that kind of stuff. Yep. That's not changed at all, has it? No, it's not. That they're, they're still saying, especially for older adults, this was the thing that I thought was very nice because they really talked about older adults. That high level of social distancing, meaning 60 to 65% will be needed, along with masks, an increase um, in case detection and isolation in order to avoid exceeding our hospital capacity. So we have to do all of those things. So you've got to wash your hands, you've got to wear a mask, you've got to social distance. And then um, if you think you have it, we need to test you, and then we need to make sure that we're that you stay isolated and that we are tracking to notify other people that you might have been in contact with. Yeah, that tracking has become a big key thing. I know even at uh... – uh, the radio station, people that are slowly coming back and going, you have to write your name down, your address, your phone number. In case there's an outbreak, they, outbreak, they can do the right. tracking. That's Whoa. the tracking piece, which is so important, right? Yeah. Because there are so many people that are asymptomatic. 
I mean, they're really finding that there's a lot of people there that are COVID positive and asymptomatic. And so you may not even know. And I think that's, that's really important to understand. That's why social distancing is still so important. They were saying that if we only social distance at 45%, that we could exceed the hospital capacity um, by, by this summer. Um, so we don't want to do that because when we when when there's not enough beds, right, um, yeah. and ICU, then then they then it's really difficult to care for people appropriately. Are more people getting out of the hospital now than are going in with the COVID nineteen? Yeah, they were talking about that. I don't have the numbers, but it does. Um, we there are a lot of people. You know, the, a lot of people get COVID and recover, um, but. It has been disproportional for older adults. Older adults have more, uh, higher morbidity rates, die more from this than other uh, populations. So that's right. important to note. Um, and it's not, it's just, just because you're, you know, it's, the immune system doesn't work as well as it used to work, right? Um, oh. And there's some older adults that are really struggling with this. They don't like to be told that they can't go out and do what they want to do, right? We have, a lot of our older adults have a lifetime of resiliency, a lifetime of making good decisions and saying, you know what, I get to make that decision. I don't want to be told by someone what I can do and what I can't do. Um, but it is really important to understand, you know, there are some viruses that, that, that impact children, and there are some viruses that impact um, males more than other other populations. This one has a tendency to... Um, be more deadly for older adults. Well, that's the way it is. And I know this mm-hmm. part is close to your heart, Jail, over there at the Area Agency on Aging with Dr. Cog, is the nursing home situation. Is that yeah. improved? I mean, there's so many deaths in the nursing homes. To discuss yeah. that with the governor? The governor has been working. He has a task force on that right now. Um, and we should see if we can get someone from the governor's office, maybe even the governor, to come and talk about that. But um, he has really uh, been focusing on that. This task force is is looking at all of um, uh, of the nursing homes, working with um, medical schools, and working with the health department and and facilities to try and reduce the spread of the virus in facilities. And they are testing, and they are. Uh, coming up with protocols, you would not believe all the new regulations that are coming out for nursing homes. Um, and um, it's challenging to to implement all those regulations. Um, but I think it's really important uh, that that people know that that you know we had we had ten new facilities last week. We had we that we were so happy because we didn't have any facilities in our region or in the state um, the week before, that new 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 facilities that had COVID. And then the next week we had 10 more. So it is frustrating. Um, and, and I know the nursing home staff and the nursing homes across the state are really working hard to get on top of this. Well, they sure are. And the question I had, I don't think, and you can help me with this, that the state of Colorado did what they did in New York where they took COVID patients and put them in nursing homes. We didn't do that here, there did are we? Some, there are some facilities that have been designated for COVID. Yeah. So, so what the problem was is that you want to make sure that you know they're in the hospital, but they but they're past the the critical phase, right? Right. Um, but there were more people coming in that had COVID, 
um, and needed that critical care, but we didn't have the hospital space for them. So they were looking for places where people could still get a high level of care, but not necessarily um, in the hospital. So there were um, facilities that were designated as COVID facilities or, or, or areas of facilities. I think we have a few now that are, are designated as COVID facilities. Well, okay, I guess I didn't know that, so you taught me something yeah. new there. And what about, is the main problem with the nursing homes, the people that work there, are they bringing in the COVID-19 with them, unbeknownst to them? I think oh, there was a study recently done um, uh, on nursing homes with Anschutz, and they found that uh, a, a number of their staff had uh, uh, COVID positive, were tested COVID positive, ACEs symptomatic. Now, how hard is that, right? Because all these nursing homes were putting in precautions. They were making people check in and, and give them information about just like you said, you know, have you been sick? Do you have this? Do you have a runny nose? Do you have a cough? Do you have this? They were taking temperatures. But there are a, a, a portion of the population that is asymptomatic, and they just didn't even know it. And yeah, right. So now the nursing homes are really you know, um, scrambling to figure out, and that's why testing is, is so important um, and, and getting testing regularly for those staff so that they can, um, so that they don't spread it to the, the vulnerable resident population. And that's what all of us that serve older populations are going to have to do. We have to really think about how we're going to do this well. And that's what we're starting to talk about, how we start up community services again. Right. Those services that go into people's homes and transportation services, right? Um, and um, even house cleaning services, because we don't want to, unbeknownst to us, have COVID and take it into someone's home without even knowing it. So how do we make sure that we don't? And so we're implementing policies and procedures for each of our uh, services, um, uh, doing our due diligence, talking about how we're going to notify people, um, doing pre-calls to say, is anyone in your house sick or are you sick? Um, because that's the last thing we want to do. Um, but there are people who need services. They've been without services for three months now or, or more, and they need services. And so how do we do that? Um, some some of our older adults, because of that lifetime of, of re resiliency, are saying, "Ah, just come in. I don't care. Um, you know, I need I need your help. I need I need help doing laundry. I need my house cleaned. I need, you know, um, I'm running out of food. I need someone to help me make um, uh, food and freeze it. Uh, all of those things. And I get that when you've been out of service, but we still have to go through that due diligence and make sure that we're doing the best that we can. And that's what facilities are trying to do too. Well, I, I think that's so important that you are so careful about this because all it takes is one little mistake and somebody could get sick and who knows where that will lead to. But right, if there's people exactly. out there, seniors themselves listening now or people that work with seniors, caregivers, they can call 303-480-6700 and reach out to you guys at the Area Agency on Aging with Dr. Cog to get help, right? Right, absolutely. And we're working with all of our providers, all the people that we fund and that you offered here on this program um, to come up with those protocols and to um, make sure that we can get services out there as soon as we can, but we also have to be safe. And sometimes, um, you know, we're not prioritizing. We just want to make sure that, that we keep um, the people that we serve safe. 
Well, that's important, but they should don't realize too that there's no charge for these services. No charge for the services. No. It's a government um, based. If, if you're 60 and over, so this is really an important time because there's a lot of folks that haven't been able to access their regular services because you know they 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 don't have transportation or they don't. We are delivering food and medications and supplies, and we know community there are community based providers all throughout the metro area that are doing this, and we can get you connect up connected up with those services. We can get you, you know, um, there has been a big problem with incontinent supplies, right? Being able to get incontinent supplies. If you're incontinent, you need that. Um, sure. And um, you can call the Area Agency on Aging and, and we'll help you do that. If you're a caregiver and you're struggling with being a caregiver, a full-time caregiver, um, maybe you took your, your loved one to an adult day center. Those aren't open yet. Um, and I don't know when they will be open. And Caregiving can be really stressful, and if you're feeling that stress or you're feeling like you need resources, you should call the Area Agency on Aging, um, whether it's in, in the Denver metro area and, you know, because some of us, uh, some of our programs are heard uh, throughout the state, um, you should call. There are Area Agencies on Aging in every part of the state and every part of the country, so if you have loved ones in another part of the country, call find the area agency on aging you can call us we'll connect you with the area agency on aging closest to your loved one and um uh we can have uh you know reassurance we're doing reassurance calls we're doing deliveries we're doing um transportation um transportation is slowly increasing still focusing on that critical transportation but it's expanding as doctors appointments start to open up if you need that let us know we can help you you're out there. There's no doubt about it. Jay Lucentia has warned my partner. Also, she runs the Area Agency on Aging for Dr. Cog, 303-480-6700. And quickly, Jayla, how's your funding holding up in all of this? I know you lost some money. Yeah, we did. Um, you know, boy, it, this has hit the state of Colorado hard. So, you know, it's such a hard time, Murph, um, because we're we're dealing with COVID, and then we're dealing with the economic challenges of COVID, and then we're dealing with um, you know, the, the protests and, and all the stress and anxiety that that brings as well. This is a hard time. Um, and, and it, that has fiscal impacts as well. So we did, we did, um, uh, lose some money, like most programs, the state of Colorado, which I'm very proud of, doesn't allow us to carry debt forward. Um, and so we are, we, we are no debt state. And so it, it's going to be tough this year and next and maybe even the next year after that. Um, to provide services, but I can tell you that our legislature has has really heard and and is aware of community-based services and the area agencies on aging, and is working to um, look at different kinds of funding structures in the future to keep these services going um, in in the most critical times because they've seen the value. You know, sure. our services were able to help keep people in their homes safely during all of this COVID time. Perfect timing. Thank you, Jayla. Jayla Sanchez-Warren runs the Area Agency on Aging with Dr. Cog, the Denver Regional Council of Government, 303-480-6700 if you need their help. And that's Mile High Magazine. Enjoy the rest of your weekend.